Okay, today's daf is daf mem. We pick up at the bottom of Lamed Bet, and we're in the middle of the discussion of Birchas Konim because Birchas Konim is one of the things that have to be said in Hebrew. And uh, the Gemara says like this: Bizman um, Shakonim The line starts Mevarchim It's about twenty lines from the bottom, about uh, three lines above the Tosos Pimin Chasa. When the Konim are blessing the people, what are the people saying? You know, nowadays we sort of there are these things printed in the Sidurim to say a, that a pasta corresponds to each word. Um, although a lot of people really they just sort of scan it with their eyes. You're not people say you're not supposed to be talking, and we'll get to a point about that in a little bit. Um, but um, here there was an assumption that you would say something uh, uh, while they're doing it, and as we'll see, something that relates to each individual word, but to the fact that you are being blessed by the Kohanim. This is during the blessing, not at the end when you say Amen. So what do the people say? What do the people say? Um, praise God, his angels, the, you know, of, of great strength, they should praise God. All of the hosts should praise God. Those who tend to serve God, do do God's will. Blessed is God, all of God's creatures should bless God. My soul shall bless God. So you are receiving a blessing from God, and then you are responding, as it were, in kind. God is just, you know, I am blessing you, with the Quran saying God will bless you, and you are responding, you know, God, God should be blessed, or all of God, everybody should give God a blessing. Um, and the way, as we'll see in the Gemara in a minute, is a way of sort of showing how grateful you are for receiving the blessing. Um, okay. Uh, what would they say by Shabbos Mosef? Because that would be an extra Shimona Esrei. The assumption would be, okay, that you would say during, you know, a normal Shachris, and you don't say it at Mariv, you don't do Berchus Kohanim at night, because it's like a Voda, you don't do it at, at Mincha, because uh, that would be later in the day, and the Kohanim might be drunk, and this is also a type of a Shavus and a Voda, and you can't do it while you're drunk. Um, but they would say it at Musaf. So, given that now we're, so that we've said what you said at a normal Shachris, what would you say at Musaf? Um, so, so you're going to do something similar about a blessing to God, a song of ascent, behold, bless God, all who serve God, lift up your hands and bless God. Now, of course, the Kodesh is very much, you know, evocative of the Birchas uh, Kohanim. Of course, this is blessing God, and the Su'yidechem here is that the blessing is given to God, whereas the Birchas Kohanim is that they lift up their hands and they bless the people. Um, and God's blessing goes to the people, but it's a sort of nice mirror image. Um, Blessed is God from Zion, the one who dwells in Jerusalem, praises God. Now that's actually skipping to another parak in Tehillim. So the Gemara said that third Pasuk. So the Gemara says, God should bless you from Zion. Um, that's in the same parak. So if you have three, and if you notice, right, each one is three barchus. Um, so logically, one corresponding to each Pasuk. Each Pasuk, they would say a different, you know, you're receiving a blessing and you say a distinct way that people should bless God. God. Blessed be God, a different a different postic for each one. That's logically, although we'll see in the Gemara in a second whether that was the way it was. So here too, on Musaf, there would be three psukima of blessing God. So why not get this third pasuk, Yivrecha Hashem from the same parak? Why did you skip a parak? Um, 
Because you are doing is what you're saying is you are blessing God. Karnim are saying God should bless you. You're receiving God's blessing. You in response are blessing God. Right? So Baruch at Hashem. Baruch Hashem Yitzion. So the, the one that the Gemara adds, you know, Baruch Hashem Yitzion is again blessing God. If Hashem is what the Karnim are saying. God should give you the blessing, not that you are blessing God. So we want to keep it consistent. Um, okay. Um, okay, what do you say? Uh, you know, if you, if you know that when you do shots on Tanis and a Mincha, you say the Yvrecha uh, Hashem, you normally don't. And if we're in Eretz Yisrael where they do a Birchas every day, they do the Birchas itself, not just the Yvrecha Hashem, you know, that the Shliach Tzibot says at Mincha, because the only reason you don't do it at Mincha is because Kohanim uh, might be drunk at that time. But now at the Tanis, you're not concerned about that. So what do you do? Um, I'm so it's interesting, even though you're receiving a bracha, it's a type of a tefillah of, uh, for this fact of what you're doing the ta'anit for. You know, you want God to answer you for rain or for whatever the issue was. So if our, because of our sins, God, please do on your, on your sake. The, 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 you know, the, 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 the hope of Israel should answer it at a time of, of anguish. Okay, why? should you be like one who does not respond? So it's actually quite interesting because as opposed to receiving a blessing and then responding by giving a blessing, here, because it's ta'anit and there's a reason for the ta'anit, you are receiving a blessing and if God, you're in connection with God, you're using this opening as an opportunity to, you know, to pray and to give importune God for the reason for the ta'anit. So it's definitely a very different theme. Okay, now top of Memon Aleph, B'ni'ilad Yom Kippurim Ay, of Yom Kippur, which is, again, you would say, you know, no concern about being drunk there, then you would do a Birchas Kohanim, so presumably again it would be something distinct. Uh, Tosos asks, why not say Habat the Habat Ni'ilat that they would say at Ta'anit? Um, okay, um, but assuming, you know, quoting Gemara that they would do an Ila by Ta'anit, which is not our practice, of course. Um, um, my Amma, Amma Marzutrev, Amelie Bimasisa, Behold, as a you know, as a person will be blessed, the one who fears God, God will bless you from Zion. Okay, so there you have God blessing us. So it's again not returning with a blessing from God, but it's the end of Yom Kippur, and you know the idea of forgiveness of sin. So we sort of reiterate this, you know, plaque. I mean, it's Yirei Hashem, right? But it's also so trying, striving for being God. Fearing, um, but receiving God's blessing, you know, and hopefully looking towards the year, and it should be a year filled with blessing. Okay, so interesting, only the normal one is responding to the blessing with a blessing. Heichan Omram. Now, how, where would you say this? These psukim that would be said when you receive the Birchas Kohanim. Between the bracha, like maybe, you know, after you've said Amen, and they would presumably this indicates that they would do an ay 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 or something like that. Um, so you would say it between the bracha. We'll see. We'll see about whether you would be saying Amen or not. Whether this was in the base of Mikdash or not. But between each bracha, Rav um, When you say God's name, so it's a way of you mentioning the God's name, and God's name appears in each bracha. So in the theme of Birchas Kohanim, so it is a responding to hearing God's name. Especially makes sense if we're talking about the Beit Hamikdash. Um, 
Now, Kliba Rav Mari Rav Zvi, one said what is probably, you know, most likely, most reasonable, that if it's three psukim that the Kohenim give you bracha and three psukim that you're saying, in response, you say one pasuk in response to each pasuk that the Kohen says. Um, on every pasuk the Kohenim say, you respond with all three of these psukim of responding of a blessing to God. Okay, so now we have this idea that you would say these brachot, and between each bracha, or when you heard Shem Hashem, now, but what about Amen? What about Boshem Kavod? What is this in the base of Mikdash? Is this out of the base of Mikdash? So the Gemara now discusses this. If you say them outside the base of Mikdash, you're making a mistake. You only say them in the base of Mikdash because of the power of hearing the explicit Shem Hashem. So it's not just receiving God's blessing, it's hearing Shem Hashem. So you have to respond, Baruchu Hashem. So it certainly makes sense according to the opinion that says that you said it when God's name is mentioned. But even if you say it at the end of the Pasuk, the power of that sense of God's presence bestowing the blessing, you know, that is what evokes a response of a blessing. Okay, so only in the base of Mikdash. Now, again, it's interesting because we learned in the Mishnah that you would not interrupt the uh, brachot. The brachot would be said as one unit of three in the base of Mikdash because there's no amen to, to interrupt them. So, um, you know, if this is said when God's name is said, it's not dividing the brachot, but if it's said between them, then that divides it into three separate brachot. So it doesn't fit so well in the Mishnah about the idea that in the base of Mikdash it would be a unit of three, and it's not really discussed in the Gemara. Okay. Um, Rabbi Chanina Bar Papa, say that you should know. Rabbi Chanina Bar Papa disagrees, and he says you should know. It's not just that you shouldn't say it, it that it's wrong to say it outside the base of Mikdash. I really disagree with this, he said. You know, we, maybe he acknowledges it was said in the base of Mikdash, but it shouldn't be said. It's not appropriate. It's, funny. it's not appropriate how they would have allowed it. Anyway, he says you should not be saying this. Well, I don't understand. Like, you know, it, does a, a slave receive a blessing and not listening to the blessing and he's busy mumbling to himself? Even if he's mumbling in response and in thanks, you know, aren't you supposed to be listening to the blessing? Now, that by now that makes it sound like you would be saying this during the blessing, which makes sort of sense because then it's not about the amen and it's not about, you know, it sort of doesn't, it's not on the same plane as the questions of amen and bruch shem kavod. Um, but the Gemara before, at least one opinion, said it was between the brachas. So again, this sort of makes sense if you're saying it during, Continuously during or at the Baruch Shein doesn't make so much sense if you're saying it uh, between the brachot. So um, the, the Gemara doesn't really match these things up with the question of when. Okay. Um, now the Gemara says like this. Um, you know, he says, actually, he says, I'm going to say the opposite. It's appropriate to say it even out of the base of Mikdash, but this is not our practice, obviously. We do not say these psukim. If nobody noticed, we don't say these. Okay. Um, here's why I think you should be saying it, because it's not, it's not about not paying attention, and it's not necessarily needing to respond to God's name. If you receive a blessing, then you have to show how grateful you are for the blessing. Um, and that, of course, makes sense if the um, if the it said um, uh, if it said um, between the brachas, so different explanations here might also be linked. The earlier explanations of only in the base of mikdash, um, it's distracting. You're not paying attention. That makes sense if you're saying it um, at Shem Hashem or during the bracha. And this idea about you're you're appreciating it and responding in kind makes sense if it's said between the brachot. 
Okay. Um, I'm I used to say these outside the base of Mikdash. Once I saw Ravava from Akko who didn't say it, um, I also don't say it why he gave specific weight to Ravava. Uh, but we'll see in a minute he uh, respected him as a very humble man. But anyway, somehow that, that impressed on me that you should not be saying it. Okay. Um, I used to say that I, I thought I was a humble person, a modest person. I don't go around bragging that I was a modest person, but I used to think that I was modest. When I saw Rabbi Ava from Akko, because the Amora, you know, we use these words Amora and Tana. And to, when we normally use it, Tana means the rabbis of the Mishnah and the Brita, and Amora means the rabbis of the Gemara. But they also really refer to the sort of um, uh, people that did more of a uh, like a, a, a functionary role. The Tanaim were the ones who memorized all the Mishnayot and Breitot. They didn't author them, but they just were re- walking books, repositories. Um, and that was sometimes the word says like the Tana taught, meaning he taught over the, the, the teaching he had memorized. And the Amora from the word to, you know, Tana is like Mishnah to repeat. The Amor is like, you know, Amira to speak, right? He was the one that the, that the rabbi of, from the time of the Gemara would say something and then he would broadcast it. He'd be the loudspeaker, you know, and make sure that everybody hears it. So he says that this Rebbe, this, um, this Rebbe Ava from Akko um, was so humble that when he would tell his Amora, now explain to the people, like, here's the halacha, and then he gave him, and here's the reason, and then the, um, and then the Amora would give his own reason. He, he, he figured, hey, I know this just as well as Rabbi Abba knows it, you know, from, from Akko, so I'm just going to tell them what I think the reason is. Maybe he wouldn't even say that it was his own reason. Okay, it could be he said mine plus his. It could be he said his instead of mine. Like, oh, this is, Rabbi Abba says this, you know, but I think the reason is that. And that in ways that's maybe even more chutzpah. Okay, anyway, but he would either add or replace his reason with mine. Um, and he, that's what Rabbi Abba, would happen with Rebbe Abba. Um, copied, and he said, fine, he didn't feel that it was a big deal. Now, again, you know, you'd think that Rebbe Abba, you know, it's one thing to be humble, it's another thing to have your responsibility of Talmud Torah to the people, and if the people need to, um, you know, learn Torah, and you think that your reason is the better one, and your explanation is the better one, so the only way I think it really makes sense is that he added his own, um, and maybe added his own, this Amara, in his own name, um, because otherwise, again, you know, you wouldn't want something that not that you didn't say ascribed to you. So the way it makes sense that it's about humility, but he wasn't concerned about Talmud Torah, is that the Amor said, okay, this is, I'm now announcing what Rabbi Abba said, and now here's what I say, and Rabbi Abba let him do it. Let him, let him use that platform. The low copied. Amina Lavan in Vasana Anas. So I said, I'm not really that humble. Look, he's allowing him to really like put himself, his Amora to put himself equal to him. So I realized my sense of what being humble was was not really as, you know, as humble as he was. And where was the humility of Rabbi Avo? What made Rabbi Avo think that he was being humble, showing proper humility? And we'll see it's at the same, in the same uh, type of issue, but not to the same degree. Um, what was his humility? Um, the wife of Rabbi Avo's Amora, so again, it's talking about their Amoras, the, you know, their announcers, the loudspeakers, said to Rabbi Avo's wife, you know, ours doesn't need yours. My husband is a big enough rabbi, 
He doesn't need your husband, Rebbe Avo. He can really go ahead. He could give his own shear. He doesn't need Rebbe Avo to, to uh, you know, tell him uh, the Torah that he's going to repeat to the people. He could do it all on his own. Okay? Um... Uh, so, um, and the fact that he, you know, bends down to hear what Rabbi Avo says and then, like, you know, stands up and announces it to the people, if he's really able to do it all by himself, he's just a way of showing him respect, you know, respect to your husband, Rabbi Avo, because Rabbi Avo is actually close to the government, so he's, you know, and to, and to, the, and to so, so the authorities, so he's a way of showing respect. But bottom line is, he doesn't need him at all, he could give a better shear than your husband. So, so, um, so, so Rabbi Avo's wife once and told Rabbi Avo, "This is you should know. This is what your Amora is telling his wife." What do you care? Between me and him, God's name is elevated. So you know. So he wasn't mocked. All right, let him say it. It's guy. He wants to think he can give a good cheer as me. Who's it hurting? So here you see though why it's not the same degree because this was just something he sort of said to his wife. Oh, you know, I could give just as good a cheer as he does. I don't know why he has that position, you know, but it's not really putting himself in public on a similar footing. You know, who knows, maybe he's going around telling other people this, but it's not the same degree of putting himself on a similar footing as the Amora of Rabbi Abba. So Rabbi Avo realized that he was not at the same level of being willing to forego, you know, his, uh, you know, injury to his honor. Okay, um... Here's another story. Rabbi Avo, the rabbis decided to make him the Rosh Yeshiva. But then he saw this Rabbi Avo from Akko, that he had a lot of creditors. He owed a lot of money. So, there's a greater rabbi. You should actually have this Rabbi Abba from Akko be your, be your Rosh Yeshiva. He's better for this than I am. And that position came with apparently a lot of, you know, nice salary or a lot of gifts and allowed him to pay off his creditors. Again, I find this a little difficult because, okay, that's nice that he cares about this guy's money, but what, you know, his creditors, but what about the the Torah that he owes the students? But maybe this position was more about honor and less about really impacting the Torah that the students would learn. Not totally spelled out. Okay. Now, Rabbi Avo and Rabbi Chibar Abba came to a certain pace. Rabbi Avo, Darish Bagadata. So, again, a story with Rabbi Avo. Rabbi Avo gave a shear in Agadata, you know, a nice little medrash, a sermon, a Dvar Torah, a good little message with a story. Rabbi Chibar Abba, Darish Bishmais. Rabbi Chibar Abba gave a really serious halacha shear with serious sources. Everybody left Rabbi Bar Abba, which is, was a really hard year and very complicated and whatever, and they went to hear the nice agadato, the nice sermon, meaningful message that Rabbi Avo had to share. Okay, so Rabbi Bar Abba felt despondent. Um, you know, I, I had such an amazing high-level shear, and nobody wanted to hear it. So Rabbi Avo said to him, let me give you an analogy. What is this similar to? Imagine two people go to a city. One person is selling jewels, you know, hot pearls, diamonds. And one person is selling like little, you know, knickknacks. Okay. Um, now, now he's going and selling it in, in the village. 
Where does everybody go? It's nice to look at the diamonds and the pearls, but nobody can actually afford them. So everybody's going to go because everybody wants to buy some of these little, you know, knickknacks and needles and and walls and whatever they are. So everybody goes to the one, you know, selling the, 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 the tiny little items. So, you know what? Your shear is obviously at a much, much higher level. You're right. It's a very high level. Lumdas, Gemara, Halacha shear. Um, but it's far beyond these people. So, of course, they're going to come to me. Not that my door is better, but it's just, you know, it's more a fair at their level. So, okay. Um... Um, now, every day, the Rabbi uh, Chibar Abba would accompany Rabbi Avo until, until Rabbi Avo's like, lodging place. Why? Because, as we said, as I mentioned before, Rabbi Avo was close to the uh, government, to the Caesar's house, you know, and therefore, to show honor, he would accompany him to the lodge where he was staying when they would vi- be at a village. Presumably, they would stay at different lodgings. Um, that day, in order to show Rabbi Avo, to show, you know, Rabbi Chibar Bar Abba, that uh, his that uh, Rabbi Chibar Abba was such a big Talmud Chacham, and he recognized the level of Rabbi Chibar Abba. So what he did was Alvi Rabbi Yevel Rabbi Chibar Abba Rishpizeh. Rabbi Chibar Rabbi Abba accompanied Rabbi Chibar Rabbi Yevel accompanied Rabbi Chibar Abba to Rabbi Chibar Abba's lodging to show him that he was attending to him and recognized his greatness in Torah. And even so, it did not sort of make him feel that much better because you know it's nice to be told, yeah, you have amazing Torah, but it's it's also nice to feel popular and that people want to hear from you. Okay, now, so that was a little bit of a digression there about this whole issue about, uh, because we got on Rabbi Avo and Rabbi Abba from Akko about whether you say these psukim during Birchaz Konim or not. Now, uh, now, because we're talking about saying something when you're receiving Birchaz Konim, we're going to say about saying something when you hear the modim that the Shaliach Tzibur says. Now, this is quite interesting, right? Because, you know, the Gemara focuses on two key moments of Shimon and Esri, Chazar Sashat, and it's important to be there for. One is, of course, the... Um, Kedusha, and you know he's you know everybody's saying kadosh kadosh and sort of you know sanctifying God's name and the brach of hell kadosh, um, and then the modim at the end when you thank and everybody is there to also say modim and to participate in that sense of gratitude to God at the end of the Shimon Esrei, um, and so the assumption here is as opposed to the birchas Konim, you're receiving a brach and you want to recognize that you've received it and say something back. Here there's an assumption that you're going to say something at the time of the modim to show your you know, you're you're expressing this communal expression of gratitude to God. You're echoing that that the Shaliyah Tibur is saying. So Mahim Omim, what would they say? Amarav uh, you you got to love this. We thank you, God, that we are thanking you. Meaning, Rashi says, we thank you that you have given into us the, you know, the the, the 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 desire to thank you, the closeness to you, that we have been able to receive things that we're able to thank you for. We're thanking you for the ability to thank, presumably because in your own Shemona Esrei, you already thanked God for what you were davening for. Now, in the repetition of the Shemona Esrei, the Shliach Tzibor saying thank you, and you're saying, we are so thankful that we are a people that pray to you and are able to give you thanks for what you have done for us. Um, he elaborated God of all flesh. He's also elaborated on the uh, on the way of, of of talking about God, Creator of all of, of creation. That we, th- we we thank you for the for the fact that we thank you. Also, now, until now, they were just sort of, a, uh, you know, descri- descriptions of God. But then here he's adding something 
um, an additional thing that we are saying, that we're articulating, not just thanks for thanks, but blessings and thanks to your great name. You gave us life. Because we thank you. So now, actually, something a little more concrete, you know, that you have given us our life, you know, very, very concrete. Um, um, and he ended this edition of Rabbi Simai the following way. I'm sorry, I skipped up a line. Now, not only is it a concrete thanks for giving us life, it's a bakasha. So you should give us life and, and, give, and be kind to us and gather us. Gather us to your base on Mikdash. Of course, Modim is coming right after it. Say, to observe and to do your, your, you know, your mitzvot. And we thank you because we thank you. So got a little bit, got a little filled up with other stuff, got a little off topic. You know, there's a, you lose sort of, sometimes I think when we say this Modim, what's called the Modim de Rabbanan, right? We lose this power of Modim, Al-Sha'anu Modim. We're giving thanks for the ability to give thanks, you know? Um, and uh, we sort of, because then it becomes the middle, what's been added makes it really just a, a you know, a more normal type of thank you. Thank you for giving us life, a bakasha that you should continue to give us life. Okay. Um, since these are all nice things to say, let's just bundle it all together, which is what we do. You should always feel, if you're a, a like, you know, a head of a community um, or leader, you should always respect, now it says the fear, the awe of the community should be on you, but we'll see the Gemara will make this a little more general. You should always sort of respect, you know, show proper kavod to the community. When they bless the people, they're turning their backs to, you know, God, as it were, you know, where the Aaron is, the front of the show, and they're facing the people to show respect to the people. That's how much the people are held in respect. Um, and that's why we're mentioning it here, because of Birchus Kohanim. And the King David got on his feet as when they were collecting money for the base of Mikdash. Listen to me, my people, and my and my nation. I'm your my, my brothers. If you're my brothers, you're my equals. Why my nation? And if my nation, people I have control over, why are you referring to them as your equals, your brothers? David said to the Jewish people, If you're prepared to listen to me, then I'll treat you as equals. So there's the kavo to the tibor, not exactly the ema of the before. But if not, you'll be, I'm going to force you to contribute and I will show you that you are my people, you are subject to me, my subjects. I'll use my force. Rabbanan show from here. The Tana Rabbanan, we taught that what's added, uh, to bring it back to Bers Konim. The Konim cannot go up with to the Duchan with their sandals on. Um, and, and one of the Tukhanas were Bers Men Zakai. My time, a while, presumably it's Kvot Zibor because when they lift up their hands, the hem of their garment will lift up and you'll see their muddy sandals. So you, out of respect, you know, you want to take off your sandals. And presumably clean feet are better than muddy sandals. So, so again, now we're back to Kavod Tzibor, not exactly Emat Tzibor. No, that's not what it's about. There, the concern is that you'll be going up to do your Chaskanim, and your uh, one of the straps of your sandal will have snap. And then you're going to go back, and you're going to bend down, and you're going to try nodding it while everybody else is going up and doing Birchaskanim. When people say, "Oh, you know, he's not going up," he's looking because he's trying to fix his food, but shoot, but really he's not going up because he's a Ben Gusha Ben Chalutz. He's not allowed to do Birchaskanim, so you don't want that to be the problem. So you have everybody take off their shoes. Okay. 
Back to the Mishnah. In the Mikdash, they would make Birchas Karnim one bracha. Now, why would it be one bracha rather than three? Because you don't say Amen B'Mikdash. So since you don't say Amen after each bracha, we'll see why you don't in a minute or whatever. We'll see a source for this. You, they're not broken up into three brachot. They're said all three consecutive. Now, this is a little funny, given the Gemara before, thought, said that in the Mikdash you would say these psukim, you know, to break them up. Um, and we're also going to see that you say, Bruch Shem Kavon Machuso in the Mikdash. So, Tozel says, well, the Bruch Shem Kavon Machuso, that you would say maybe a Shem Hashem. You wouldn't say it at the end, uh, end of the Bracha, so it wouldn't break the Brachas up into three Brachas. Um, and presumably that works again with the idea that that's what you do when you say the Psukim by Shem Hashem. But according to the opinion you say the Psukim between the bra- these individual Psukim, then it's, again, not clear why the Mishnah says that it was only going to be treated as one Bracha of three Psukim in the Mikdash rather than it's three separate brachot. Okay, so you don't say amen and it doesn't like break it up. This is, you know, in Ezra where they say, get up and bless God. This is in the base of Mikdash. From this, from this world to the next. So that's, you know, Baruch Shein Kivod Machus Olam Va'ed is seen as the liturgy, you know, the, the sentence that incorporate, encapsulates this idea. And that's in the base of Mikdash. And you know that this is what you respond for every individual bracha. They will bless the end of the, the, end of the Pasuk, they bless your holy name. And we lift it up over every bracha and praise. For every single bracha, you give praise. So the praise, though, would be Baruch Shem Kavod, it would not be Amen. And again, maybe because Baruch Shem Kavod was around Shem Hashem, it would not break it up. If you, you thought Baruch Shem Kavod was at the end as a type of an Amen, again, it would, ask, it would raise the question. One bracha and not three. Um, now, why you would not say Amen but Mikdash is not exactly explained. Um, the Marsha explains that it has something to do with, like, something about the Gematria. Um, I, I think a much better explanation is that. Um, um, that Amain just says that you are echoing. You know, somebody else is initiating, and you say, yes, I agree with that too. Now, there's a power to be a follower. The Gemara discussing Amain speaks about the tremendous power it is. It's not just the person who leads, it's everybody then who follows. But it could be that in the Beit HaMikdash, when you're sort of directly in the presence of God, you know, there you are supposed to not just, you know, uh, say, yes, I agree with that, but you are supposed to, if you're going to say something about a blessing of God, you have to say a blessing as well. You have to say, blessed be God, not just say amen to somebody else's blessing. Okay, we will end with that here.